Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am hopping on today, just me, myself, and I, to talk about 10 lessons I've learned from seeking balance between work, family, and wellness. It's kind of what I've come to call finding the flow. We all have our own journey, but so often there's something, sometimes one little thing that we can take from somebody else's experience that helps us. So this episode is me being 100% real about what I am thinking about today, what I do, and sometimes what I don't do. I am still figuring out the flow between work and family and wellness. And these are just 10 of many lessons I've learned, but really the ones that are closest to my heart, I guess, this week. Number one. I am enough. I spent most of my life thinking I wasn't thin enough or rich enough or smart enough. A few months ago, I was trying to figure out the next step in my business and I actually had the thought, maybe I'm not man enough. I hope you find the humor in that. I'm still tested by the idea of being enough. But the why behind putting time into my wellness is to remind myself every day that I am enough. I just finished reading Michelle Obama's new book, Becoming. I highly, highly recommend it. And in it, she shares that the question that she asks and answers herself pretty much every day is, am I good enough? Yes, I am. And I think that's such a strong statement and so good to hear that even Michelle Obama has to ask herself that. And I, it really gave me permission to ask and answer that same question myself. And so I hope we all ask that question and we all, all women all over the planet really embrace the fact that we are enough so that we can pass it on to our kids that's that's really what we want to do, right? Okay. Idea number two that I'm thinking a lot about. Freedom does not mean no rules. Boundaries are so important. In order to feel well in my body, I had to understand what I should eat. I've had a rule around not eating gluten and dairy for 10 years now, maybe a little bit more, but many rules in my life are shorter lived, I promise. I like to call them experiments. I think that taps back into that freedom word for me. So an experiment might be ditching coffee for a week, committing to a cleanse for 21 days. I am on day three right now. Gifting myself a good night's sleep today, right? Today, drinking eight glasses of water. This year, I'm working on work boundaries. I'm making the effort to work eight to three really work those full hours the kids are in school. 
keeping weekends for family, and planning for sick days and vacation days in advance. And when I first knew that this is what I had to do, it was so weird because it went against everything I thought that I would get as an entrepreneur. But it's interesting. I got so lost in the fuzziness of work and motherhood and and making food and doing house stuff that I lost sight of the work that I really wanted to get done for everyone listening and everyone who hasn't listened yet. And I owed it to myself to give myself that time to do that work. And that is moving me toward my freedom plan. So that has been a really important revelation for me. Number three, big rocks have to come first and be non-negotiable. Big rocks are the three things that move you toward your dreams. They do not have to take the most time, but every day I have to do them. I feel like I got something done when I do them. And it's so interesting because, you know, those days where you're asked, where you feel so busy and you asked what you did and you really can't think of anything. Well, once I started really committing to my three big rocks, I could always report those things. They just felt good. They have more resonance than the whole rest of my day. So this is how I figure out what my three big rocks are. I ask myself, where do I want to be 10 years from now? And I don't just do this once and then like wait 10 years. Like I look at this every few months just to make sure that my vision for 10 years from now still remains the same. And then I look at that list and it's like, okay, if this is who I am 10 years from now, if this is what I feel like, if this is what I'm like with my you know, then very grown up kids, if this is what my relationships is like, if this is what my home is like, if this is where I'm living, then what small thing can I do today to move me toward that, that thing, that way that I want to be in 10 years? And so think about 30 minutes writing that outline for a book or for a blog post or one hour prepping food for a cleanse or 10 minutes sharing my passion project with a friend or 10 minutes deeply connecting with a child because I want to be super close to my kids in 10 years. So they need to know I'm around. And it could also look like, so that was sort of like going backwards, right? So it's like this one took 30 minutes. This one took an hour. This one took 10 minutes. Um, It could also look like a day of cleaning out your basement because in 10 years you're traveling a lot, you're not attached to your house, whatever, like maybe rented on Airbnb. So it it could be a longer thing too, but the point is, is it doesn't have to be. It could be five minutes and it could be that you have a full day of work, you know, at your job and that you still can get your big rocks done because they're moving you toward it and they still feel so good. And really putting these first has made such a difference in my days, such a big difference. And I just know that I'm moving toward this life that is so amazing. And these big rocks make me feel that today, right? So it's not all future-based. Okay, number four, planning is my best tool with the highest ROI. A big part of planning is committing and making space 
So the act of planning really makes me consider what things even belong in my day. Productive does not mean busy. When I plan, I'm not always reacting. Instead, I make sure I'm making space for the things I want to do and get done and the things that need to get done. So let me tell you a little story. So this is this is like what could happen in the morning, right? I'm just going to say five things that could happen in the morning. In the morning, I could wake up and check my email and notice that a client really needs something. They're freaking out about something. And then I could go wake up my kids and notice that the laundry basket is looking really full. And then I could go downstairs to start packing lunches and see that we don't have any apples. And then I could go drop my kids off at school and... I could see their teacher and she could say, hey, could you come in and help this afternoon with X? Okay, so that was only four things, not five things. But that's going to be my example because <laughs> that's going to be what I can retain right now. So the old Mia would have responded to that email and said, I'll be right on it and spent four hours that day, you know, trying to do whatever the emergency is, putting out that fire, plus doing whatever other work I had said I would do that day, and not really feeling like I did either one really well. Then maybe in the middle of the day, I would try to do some wash, which for me isn't the best time to do wash because I can definitely do wash when the kids are around or on weekends or at night. I don't need to do it in that time when really is best for me to be working. And I would have gone to school to help and, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been at the perfect time. So let's say it ends at 2.15. Well, school gets out at three. So maybe I just hang around and then all of a sudden it's like two and a half hours I've been at school. I kind of didn't want to be there. So I wasn't fully there. And then I stayed for that extra 45 minutes. And then I, in the middle of all that, let's say, ran to the grocery store, or no, let's say after school, I got my daughter, I, on the way home, we went to the grocery store, I got the apples and a couple other things and brought them home. So that would have been fine, but I wouldn't have had any time to do any of my big rocks. It would have been a really reactive day. So here's how that would look different for me today and what I really work on because I can promise you I don't do this every day, but I try and some days go better than others. So today what would happen is if I woke up and had that situation, I would look at the email. Well, first of all, I would do my morning routine and I might not look at my email that soon. So I would be a little bit more relaxed by the time I open my email. And then when I open the email, I would just respond. I would open my planner and I would understand where I have pockets pockets of time that I could work. I, I time block like what, what are my work hours every week if they're not that consistent eight to three time and you know what's filled with tasks that I need to do and what are open. And I would say, okay, I have two hours tomorrow and I can do this, this, and this, and that will get you this, this, and this. And I think that's actually what you need. And you know what? they're fine. They would be fine. They just needed attention. They needed love. Um, they needed to know that their website wasn't going to crash. Let's call this a website client. And so that's just what needed to happen. 
I would have seen the laundry and I would have known because I have planned my week that I was going to do laundry on Wednesday night because that was the free evening and I wouldn't stress about it. I would just take the laundry that was annoying me to look at and I would bring it downstairs and I would put it in the basement and that would be that. That would be the only thing I would do on that task. And then I would see that there was no apples when I went downstairs. And you know what? That I would know that that is fine because I had already meal planned for my week and maybe I only needed enough apples to get us through the first three days and this was the fourth day and we don't need apples for the next three days. That's not part of the plan. So first of all, I wouldn't have gone to the grocery store and wasted extra money. I wouldn't have gotten extra apples that we don't need. And, you know, it could have been that I picked up my daughter and I sort of, you know, brought her to the grocery store in a moment where she didn't need to be at the grocery store. She was tired and we all need to get home. So, and then I would have gotten extra things at the grocery store, which I alluded to the fact that I might, you know, that was definitely the old me and then food would have gone bad. So I just know from my plan that I don't need the apples either. And then with the school thing, that's a really interesting one for me because it's something that I really want to do. It would fit into my big rocks, but it needs to fit into my big rocks like not fighting other big rocks and in my time. So one of the things that I do is in advance, I know what I'm volunteering for. So I sign up for certain, um, like driving on field trips or a certain project. And I know when that will happen in advance. So I would say no to the day of things unless there really was a free day. So in general, I try to work four full days. Um, sometimes I have to do the fifth, but it, but if it was the fifth day and I was asked, maybe I could be at school. Um, but I would have been able to say no, fully understanding that I am able to do my commitment to be at the kid's school, but just not right that time. Or maybe I would have asked if I saw the teacher was really in a bind, could you just move it out so that it's just the last hour of school, which would have helped my day. Does that make sense? So planning has definitely been my best tool. And it does take a little bit of time on, on Fridays, but it feels so creative. It feels so good. I am so excited to announce that applications are officially open for Flow 365. This is a way that you can increase your productivity without decreasing your joy this year. In fact, I would say increasing your joy. Flow 365 is a high-end year-long program that helps entrepreneurial moms make time and space for clean food, joyful home lives, and meaningful practices, alongside your work, of course. The next cohort starts in April, space is limited, and I have carefully curated an application to make sure we will make a great team and you will get great results. Applications will be considered on a first-come, first-served basis, so hop on over to plansimple.com slash flow-365 and see if it feels like a good fit for you. And then we will hop on the phone and get planning. I'm super excited to see who ends up in this cohort. Okay, number five. My plan is not a set and forget thing. My planner can look a little messy. And I only recently found out that that's okay. Because here's the deal. I went through a phase where I wanted every page to be super beautiful and have cool doodles and the right color coding. I really wanted Instagram worthy pages that I could show you. 
But lately I realized that the messier, the better, because life is messy. And that's what I want to show you. And life needs correction. And part of a plan is that it needs correction. And so sometimes by Wednesday, my meal plan is off. Maybe a kid gets sick or I don't have time to cut out, cut all the veggies that I plan to put in ratatouille or, and that's what I had on my plan. Or sometimes I don't get something done at work or around the house. So I need to make more time to do it later in the week. Sometimes I ignore a time block altogether. You know, I get lost in other things sometimes. Maybe I get, go down a rabbit hole of searching for something on the internet or a Facebook feed. And I need to take that seriously. So I have to move it somewhere else. I have to move that whole block somewhere else. And this involves arrows and scratching things out and new colors. And so I actually go back and account for all the changes in my planner. I make it messy. And that really allows me not to get an overwhelm because it's movement. And I learned this one Wednesday when everything had sort of gone differently on the Monday and the Tuesday, and I just felt so stuck. And I realized I could unstick myself literally on paper. So messy makes planning real, and it really does help me stay accountable to this, to the dreams that I really want to attain. Okay, number six, my money is an important part of my wellness journey. I have a lot of really limiting beliefs around money and my worth, which I am working on diligently and have been for some time. My MO has been to ignore it, but I know that that doesn't work. I feel very much at the beginning of my journey on the money issue, but in the past few years, I've gotten way more confident being honest about money. I think more about what I need, why I'm willing to spend on things. Maybe it was ethically made or it supports a friend's business. And I've really thought about what causes I want my money to go to. And just getting clear, that clarity, which I, I've had to some extent with food and that part of my life, I didn't realize that money could also reap some of the benefits of clarity and just, yeah, being clear and understanding where it needs to go and that it's not bad. It's not bad. It's a means to an end and we can do really great things with it, especially us ladies. I don't know if there's any men listening, you can do good things too. But I really do believe that if money gets in the hands of more women, we will do amazing things with it. Okay. Number seven, measurement is not all bad. I was inspired by an amazing coach named Christy to really ritualistically acknowledge money as it comes in. So know when payday is, and mine is not, you know, regular, but I have certain ones that I know when money's coming in. And I have a gratitude practice that I use when I see it hit the account. And it took me a while to actually do this. I heard about it before I was ready, but I just, this practice always really resonated with me and it just helps me feel good, you know, about money, which is part of my wellness journey, but it really helped me measure and see numbers for that. They're not, that they're good, that it's good to have numbers go up or to not be judgmental when numbers are going down, that it's all just part of a practice and to have gratitude around it. And another tool that's really helped me this year is an app called YNAB. 
stands for you need a budget and it has been phenomenal. And they, I feel like they think about money a lot, how I think about food and meal planning. So basically the idea is that you, every time you get money in, you allot what it goes to. And so it's kind of like you're thinking where you want your money to go when you're not in a pinch. And I think similarly around meal planning, it's like one of the reasons you plan your meals on Friday is because you sit down in a nourish time and you plan your meals and you write your list. And when you go to your grocery store, you're not hungry. You know, you're not hungry and not making good choices because it's harder to do those things in the moment, but you have this plan. So I really resonated with me what they were doing with money. So I've started doing that. And what happened is that I found measuring money is really, can be really good. It can feel really good. And measuring my time has been really good. That's what the planner's about. I actually time record my time every day. I go back and I see where I, what I said I would do. And then I sort of measure against what I actually did. Um, it's becoming more and more the same. But at the very beginning, it wasn't. At the very beginning, I would say I was going to sit down and work for two hours. And work might have been putting a post on Facebook would be one element of that two-hour block. And I would go down this rabbit hole of somebody else's Facebook post and look up an hour and a half later to realize I hadn't done anything. And so measuring my time, really, you know, writing down at least once a day at the end of the day, measuring against what I said I would do to what I actually did is really helpful. And here's the thing about measurement. It's not judgment, there's no judgment evolved. There's no, none of your enoughness is on the line with measurement. It is simply numbers. And because a lot of my enoughness was tied to food and money and all this stuff, this was really hard for me to understand, but I've come to understand it somehow this year just by moving and practicing. And actually the Flow 365 program has hugely helped me with this, even though I'm the, I know I'm the one leading it. But just as I lead everyone else, else through measuring their time, it's, it's easy to see how we can stand back and, and, and do this without judgment. Um, I've measured social media followers and watched how that affects what can happen. And I've not. I've also not measured money or time or social media followers for sure in the past year. And I can see it's kind of like taking my supplement. Like if I take it every day whatever. I don't get sick. I feel great. But when I don't take it, I really notice. Do you know what I mean? So this kind of, for me, works like that. It's like if I stay in that measurement mode, I feel really good. But the second I get out and I get more into that vagueness, I can I feel really, I feel really bad. And then I notice that it's the measurement that's making me feel good. I don't know if that analogy helped, but that's sort of how I think about it. So all this measurement talk got me to thinking, and this is more of a question. This is a new thought. Um, I get a lot of the emails from health coaches because I love supporting health coaches and working with health coaches and um, you know all that and having them on the podcast. And there's a lot of talk about scales being bad, which is something that I shared forever and ever and ever as well. And it just got me thinking like, Maybe they're not as bad as I've thought. And it's funny, ever since I had that thought, I've heard stories. My brother shared a story with me just last week about his scale. And I was like, what? You have a scale? And he was like, yeah, I use it like 
twice a day. I was like, what? That's awful. Like, you know, my mind went to the worst places, but for him, it's like totally objective. It really is in that experiment mentality. And oh my God, what scales can measure also is totally changed since I had a scale because it's about more than the weight. And there's all these charts that he sees on his iPhone and it might be more than I can figure. But I did this year experiment with measuring macros when I did that intermittent fasting thing. And that was really interesting. And I hadn't measured things like that in a long time. And there was some merit to it. So I think it's what we do with the information. That's where I am today. I think it's what we do with the information and 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 how how we can distance ourselves from the information too. Like not not tie it to our worth is super important. All right. My thought number eight is clutter can really get in the way of feeling productive. If I'm having a hard time doing work, it means something needs to be cleaned or decluttered pretty much. So before I sat down to create this podcast, I cleaned the kitchen and my desk. Literally, I had been trying to think of ideas for a couple days, you guys. And then after a relatively quick cleanup compared to the days, like maybe it took me 45 minutes, maybe it took me a half an hour. The ideas came flooding. I was just sitting in this totally pristine space and I don't know, my creativity opened up and I just, I always have to remind myself of this because with three kids, even though I'm somewhat of a minimalist, it can just happen. It just happens. Messy happens in my planner and in my house and just taking that, it's, it's not as overwhelming usually as I think to do something about it. I guess that's what this lesson is really about. And so things that we can clean, I recently cleaned my phone. I had this experiment to see if I could get it down to just one screen, you know, so you know how you can scroll through screens to get to different apps. I just wanted one of the things that I actually use and the things that I wanted to be reminded to use. So as you guys know, I'm trying to show up on Instagram on a regular basis. This is one of my experiments. I'm trying really hard. Um, I know that it's a great way to meet people and to interact with you guys and to have conversations. And I'm super excited about it. And I'm doing pretty good, I have to say. Um, But I needed to get it right there on my home screen and the tools that are helping me to create those posts, I needed them right there. So now my home screen is very, you know, purposeful. It's like, this is the weather because I live in New England and I need to know when it's going to snow. And this is how I'm going to do Instagram and I'm going to be able to check mail and check my calendar. And, you know, there's not too much more I need to do. So in full disclosure, I got it down to two screens and the second screen is stuff that I don't need on a daily basis or maybe even a weekly basis, but would be a pain in the butt to take off my phone, like the airline app and stuff like that. So it's made a big difference though. Your phone, you could clean off your phone. I've tried my closet with the Marie method, which I shared a couple podcast episodes ago. That has made a big difference. I'm not frustrated about what I need to wear on a daily basis. I don't stress out about cleaning my closet, which I used to always stress out about. And it's really, really affected shopping. Like I don't crave new clothes. I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy with less. And, you know, I have my moments, but I just, I want my wardrobe to be more thoughtful. The amount that I threw away that Con Marie day was crazy. Um, But that has helped me. It's really helped me say, I believe that that one clean out 
three or four years ago has saved me many hours in the past few years, like many hours, maybe even a half hour a day, just not having to stress. Okay. The last thing that I wanted to remind us all, because it's something that's super close to both what I do and what I teach is just making sure to remember the clutter in your head. So it's really important to me when I get into overwhelm, if I don't need to clean the pantry out, that I remember that I could clean my head out and I could sit down and I could just set a timer for 10 minutes and I can just dump everything that I've got going on in there from like worried that I haven't signed up for the right camp this summer to, you know, what's for dinner to, gosh, I really wish I could write a New York Times bestselling book. These are things that actually go through my head um, to, I need to get out and exercise to, should I join that gym to, you know, it's just like endless, right? It is literally endless and it can be anything from, you know, buying a toothpick to cleaning the toilet to traveling to Africa. Like these things sit in our head and they take up space. So I love the idea of a mind dump. I call it a master list as well. And it's just really important to get it out, to dump it out on a regular basis, or especially when you're feeling overwhelmed. Okay. Idea number nine, the little people are watching us. I like that one. The little people being our kids. If I have a bad day, my kids have a bad day. If I am stressed about dinner, my kids don't eat. When I make an effort to design good days for myself, like I'm not even thinking about them, they have good days. When I find a way to enjoy cooking by making food that I want to eat and listening to music while I'm making it and having my kids close by, like maybe doing their homework at the kitchen table, those nights they eat everything. I plan. I do my planning every week. Checklists appear on my kids' walls with things that they need to get done. I talk about drinking water myself. They drink water. I meditate. Meditation becomes something they each find and love. I do have to give a little disclaimer that you may not get credit. I did not teach my kids how to meditate. They all found it very much on their own through their own research, and they all do it. I have been doing it every morning for quite some time, but you know, it's okay. I don't need credit. It's all good, but they are watching. And here's the deal. None of us dream our kids are going to grow up to be stressed and feel trapped. And so why would we ever model that? And don't get me wrong. There are so many days where I feel stressed and trapped, but I know that part of my job is all the tools that I already said above, like all the things that I've been grappling with above this, above this, whatever that I've just said, <laughs> all the tools that I've just said are so important to me to, because they're watching and I need to not be stressed. I need to not be overwhelmed. And that actually really serves my vision for myself and for my kids. Does that make sense? That's like so important. We all need to do this. We all need to do more of this because yeah, we just do. Number 10, this is a journey. There is always more. We get so focused on the destination. 
But what if we focus on the journey and the next step? This year, I am working on feng shui, feng shui, feng shui, feng shui, cleaning up our cleaning supplies, getting old medicine out of the house, slow fashion, retuning my energy, making money we need to renovate our house, my daughter's sleep, our home, reaching more moms. I know I have come so far from the tired, always sneezing, I was always sneezing, 85-pound overweight Mia from 11 years ago. But my body is always changing. My kids are getting older. My work has gone in different directions. Every day, I have to listen to my body. Every day, I have to remember what I am here to do. Every day, I have to remind myself that I am enough. These are the lessons that I think about regularly. And I wanted to put them on your radar. I would love to know which one resonated with you the most. Which one have you learned but need to revisit? Because like I said, it's a journey and we're constantly figuring the next thing out and having new situations to apply them to. We all need to keep at it. I'm right there with you. And you are more than enough. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.